case. But um, I appreciate you praying for him. And I know he appreciates it as, as well. Also, you can tell by the outside of our building, our drive-in is being worked on. We're making God's house look beautiful. We want to say thank you once again for your sewing uh, into God's house because I believe we make God's house look good. God's going to make sure your house is in order and looks good as well. So thank you for that. Over the next several weeks, probably another month or two potentially even, you're going to see lots of crews showing up and helping us get in our building looking great. Also, we'll remind you we have our, our Salvation Army bins out in the lobby. If you would like to bless children that need some assistance with uh, school supplies, it could be pencils, it could be paper, it could be notebooks, it could be various things. We have bins out there. Over the next couple of weeks, if you would, if you feel led to do this, please put some things in those bins so we can bless uh, the Salvation Army in Sydney, Ohio. And it's just our way of giving back to our community and let them know that God cares about them and we care about them as well. Amen. Also, a week from today, we're going to be doing Seek and Find again. Uh, Seek and Find is a a time in which we'll be praying and fasting for great things to take place in our church and our congregation and your lives. July 25th at 6.30 p.m., a week from today, we'll be back in God's house for an hour praying and seeking God. And then also on Monday on the 26th and Tuesday, the 27th of July at 7 p.m., we'll be here again during Seek and Find. So that'll be next week. Mark your calendars for that. And then last but not least, tonight we're excited about this. We're going to be going, many of our staff and many of the congregation, we're going to be heading to Urbana because we're going to be, we're going to be dedicating our building in Urbana with Pastor Kyle. And so that's going to be at 6 p.m. If you want to find out ways to getting there, you can just Google it, or you can go to social media or to our website, find how you can get to uh, Urbana Church. It's going to be at 6 p.m. in Urbana, Ohio. So that's all the announcements today. Are you ready to worship the Lord this morning? All right, let's stand to our feet. Let's worship God.
the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, we speak freedom in this house this morning. Freedom in this house this morning. Come on, let's lift our voices this morning. We speak freedom. 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 Freedom from the chains that bind you this morning. Freedom from the shackles that have held you down for way too long. There is freedom today. Today, anything is possible right here, right now. Anything is possible. There is no shadow that has ever overcome your light. There is no rival that could ever stand against your mind. You've always been with us. Every battle you've already won, or we've already won. With the power to conquer truth. 
faithful promises. Time and time again, you have proven you'll do just what you say. Though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I'll remain steadfast. And let my heart learn when you speak a word, it will come to
Good morning, Only Believe. Thank you, John. Well, it's tithing offering time. Uh, if you have or need a tithing or offering envelope, uh, if there's not one in the, back of, in the back of the pew in front of you, raise your hand and one of the gentlemen coming down the aisle will get you one. So we're going to talk about a couple of different economies this morning. And... Uh, I'm going to use the parable out of Matthew chapter 25. If you have your Bible, you want to turn there. But there's really, we operate in two economies on this, in this world. Christians do. Uh, you have the economy of God, which the medium of exchange in the economy of God is faith. That's what it takes to get God to move. That's where the exchange takes place. In the world, it's an exchange of funds or money. So uh, the parable I'm going to talk to you about is the parable of the talents. And there's some very interesting stuff and just kind of compare and contrast between God's kingdom and man's kingdom. And maybe the difference is there. Some, there's similarities and there's differences. So if you're there, Matthew 25, uh, verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one. 
to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Now those first two verses of this parable are really about relationship. And there's a lot of comparisons in relationship that we have with people that are around us here on, on earth and our relationship with Christ. So he's really talking here about relationship. Uh, and he's looking at the, his employees, basically. You've got a master and you've got servants. To me, and I'll paraphrase it into Dave's language, this is an employer and an employee's. And what's happening is the master's going to go away. The employer's going to take a vacation. And he wants to put some guys in charge of his stuff. So he's picked three guys, and he says to the first guy, you know, you're going to get five. We'll see that here in a second. Second one, you're going to get two. And the third one, you're going to get one. The relationship that the employer had with the employee or that the master had with his servants is really what determined how the talents get dispersed because he had a relationship with them. You know what? Recently, I've done my employee reviews, and I know there's employees that are not happy about those reviews, and I know there's employees that are happy about those reviews. The ones that are happy did it to themselves. I'm just the guy that carries the message. The ones that aren't happy did it to themselves. And I think in the kingdom of God, it's a lot of the same. What's happening to us in the kingdom of God is, is on us. So let's move on. Uh, verses uh, 16. Then he that had received, oops, sorry, I'm, yeah, 14, 15, 16. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same, made them other five talents. Likewise, he that had received the two, he also gained the other two. But he that had received the one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. Now, all this is is the action of what you got. You know, I've got employees, I put responsibilities on their desk. What are they going to do with that responsibility? This is no different in the kingdom. There are certain talents that we've been given by God. What are we doing with those talents and those skills? That's what this relates to. Two guys went and added to them. The last guy just kind of buried it. Didn't do anything with it. Verse uh, 19. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. So that he had received five talents, came and brought other five talents, said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me the five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'll make thee ruler over many. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Now verses 22 and 23 is the exact same repeat to the guy that had two talents. So, this is their reward for doing what they did with their talent. Then we get to verse 24. And he had received the one talent. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid. And I went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant. Thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him that hath ten talents. Now he's speaking that to the person who received one talent, okay? And he's a little upset because he didn't even put it in the bank to get interest on it. And he said, at the least, he could have done that. 
this person did not recognize that talent. I'm sure when they gave those talents out at the beginning, he was a little upset. You're kidding me. And you, I, I'm sure we've all heard this. I've not only heard it, I've been one to say it in, in times of my life. How does that guy get what he got? And I get this? Are you kidding me? I'm so much better than that guy. I work harder than him. I'm here more hours. I don't miss as much time. And he's getting more than I am. When I was saying those things, I didn't recognize that what was put in my hand was my opportunity to prove. The guy who received five talents, at one point in time in his life, he was the guy that received one. But what he did with it is what got him to five. The guy that received two probably had the one the last time. And I can tell you, the guy that got one here, if he gets another chance, he'll get one again. He hasn't proven what he's there. So then Jesus is done with the parable at this point. But now he looks out at the crowd and he says in verse 29, and now he's speaking directly to the crowd, to you and I. For unto everyone that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant, servant into outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There's a separation here between the economies that we have. If you look at the economy that, that we work in in the world, they have, somebody put it, they, they got a different attitude about it. Somebody put it to me like this one time. Here's the attitude of the world. Get what you can, can what you get, and sit on the lid. And that's the attitude of the world. That's the exact opposite. Because Jesus says, take from him that hath not and give to him that has. Because he's working with it and he's doing something with it. This applies, guys, in so many areas of our lives, our families, our faith, our relationships with people. Let's put into them, and let's, let whatever's put into us. My, you know, my question here today is you, you got an opportunity to pay your tithe and offering. Uh, so the question is, what have you done with the talent that God's put in your life? The tithe is just one way. And, and when I say talent, you know, money's a part of that. Are you handling that money the way that God wants you to. Honestly, ain't no skin off my teeth if you are or aren't. It's skin off your teeth, okay? You're hurting yourself if we can't be obedient to God. So as we bring the tithe and offering this morning, let's, let's take a step with our life to where we're doing the right thing, where God smiles on how we're handling our talent because it's the only way you're going to get more talents in your life. It's biblical. I didn't say it. It's right here in the Bible. Okay? Amen? So let's pray over your tithes and offerings. Father, we come before you in the name of your son, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. We thank you for your presence here today. God, touch our hearts, open our hearts, open our ears and our minds so that we receive from you a seed, Father, that falls on fertile ground so that it can grow and increase can come into our life to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.
thank you for your tithes and offerings this morning. We know it's going to be given back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Amen. Our Pastor Dosek, as I mentioned earlier, as we opened up this morning, he's not here today because he had knee surgery on Tuesday. For those of you who didn't hear that announcement, be in prayer for him. He's doing well. He's recovering well. But he wanted to introduce our guest speaker. We brought a man of God in from Florida today that flows in signs and wonders and, and the miraculous. And uh, Pastor was disappointed he couldn't be here today, but he shared a video, a video that he wants to show the congregation right now. Brother Andrew or EJ, would you please play the video? Hi. Hey, I'm so glad to be with you today. And of course, I'm not with you, but you know what I mean. Uh, I'm here giving you a video opening. And I wanted to really just introduce Chris D'Amico. And uh, he's going across the United States and around the world, touching people. God's using him very intensely in the gifts of the Spirit. Miracles are happening. Lives are being changed. And I wanted to bring him in at this time, at the end, we've just finished up the nine gifts of the Spirit. These are empowerments that you, as a believer, have. And Chris operates instinctively in them. And you're going to begin to see today how God uses him and how God is ministering through him to you. You are the important catalyst of this equation. So I do ask that you give ear, give attention. It's this morning and then Monday night at 7 o'clock and then again Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. Don't miss it. I really do believe God's got a miracle for you. So join us. You're going to be blessed as we hear and experience God's hand through Chris D'Amico. So let's stand to our feet and give him a great round of applause. Chris, thank you for being with us and uh, we just appreciate you and we are glad that God's hand is upon you and we will be having fellowship with you later. God bless you. Hey, we'll see you later, folks. Enjoy the messenger of God. Okay, everybody, here comes Chris D'Amico. Appreciate that. Praise the Lord. Well, it sure is good to be here. Why don't you turn to two or three people this morning and release the love of God in the building. Get out of your seat a little bit. Don't get too, too uh, comfortable here. Uh, welcome to church, welcome to Only Believe Church, uh, where your pastor loves the things of God. And um, I had the privilege this morning to visit with him a little bit over the phone. And uh, what a heart that man has, not only for the things of God, but the love of God in his heart for you. And you are so blessed to have a church like this to come where there's a spirit of excellence and the ministry is, of Jesus is predominant in your midst. And wow, a pastor that will actually make room for the move of God. And to me, you know, I, I always say this, you know, a church in the Lamb without the power is a curse rather than a blessing. And I always say you might as well breathe without a lungs or hear without ears as to live the Christian life without the power of God. You know, in 1 Corinthians 2.4, the Apostle Paul said, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration and power of the Holy Ghost that our faith should not rest in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. And I'm here to tell you that God is moving so powerfully in the, these end times, you don't even, you know, the magnitude 
of the power of God moving across the globe. You know, Deuteronomy 11 says, verse 21 says, we would have days of heaven upon earth. And there's a very thin veil between the natural realm and the supernatural realm. And God is invading this natural realm with his power and his glory. And I'm here to tell you, Ephesians 3.20 says, the apostle Paul speaking by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit said, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think, according to the power that works within us. And it's not a question of what, what God can do, it's a question of what you can believe him for. You know, Smith Wigglesworth used at the turn of the century, he was an early Pentecostal minister. Some people say he raised 14 people from the dead, some say 21 from the dead, one would be enough. Maybe you had to get raised from the dead this morning just to get here, or maybe you had to, you know, had to have a, you know, a visit with uh, Jehovah, Jehovah, the uh, Java, you know, the God that awakens you, coffee, you know, to get you raised here this morning. But I'm here to tell you that God is in the midst of us, and he is moving muddy. This is the greatest hour for the church. This is the greatest hour of the miraculous. This is the greatest time, uh, epic time on the, on the planet to be alive. We are in the midst of one of the most phenomenal outpourings of the glory of God that the earth has ever seen. And, you know, Isaiah 40, the, uh, verse 5 uh, the prophet Isaiah said, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, not hidden, shall be revealed, and we shall all see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. And we are going to see the power of God in demonstration like never before with signs, wonders, and miracles. Acts 2 and verse 22 said, of Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved among us, with signs, wonders, and miracles, which God did in the midst of us. And Hebrews 13, 8 says, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's alive and well. He forever lives, you know, seated at the right hand of the Father. You know, in Acts 4.29, when they were forbidden to speak in the name of Jesus, they prayed this prayer. Acts 4.29, now behold thy threatenings and grant unto thy servant with all boldness we may speak forth your word, stretching forth thine hand to heal that signs and wonders might be done in the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they prayed, the place was shaken. Are you there? Today, a visitation of the glory of God will come into this building. And it's not like it doesn't come here because your pastor is so open and free to have the power of God in our midst. And so that I appreciate your pastor so much. I appreciate his heart. We had a, a visit in, the, in his office beforehand, and he's just so humble, such a sweet man, such a man of God. You know, Ephesians chapter 4. Are you all doing okay? All right, I just thought I'd check in. Say, when the service starts, I'm already running. I just get full of God and step up, and we'll follow the Holy Ghost. I'll be like a dog on the hunt. We'll just snoop out what he wants. I've got enough sermons to choke a dead horse and raise it from the dead. I've got a lot of sermons on the inside of this. is 30-plus years of traveling the nation, and uh, we're just thrilled, contending for the miraculous. And uh, so we're just honored to be here. What a privilege to be here. But, you know, in Ephesians chapter 4, you don't have to turn there. I'll just quote it to you. It speaks, uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul, speaking by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, said this, Who is he that ascended, meaning gone up, but the same that descended into the lower parts of the earth, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ? He went into the lower parts. Aren't you glad Jesus died, went into hell for you, and when he was resurrected on high, he came out of hell and delivered all of us and made a way for us? The Scripture says, when he ascended, who is he that ascended, means gone up, but the same that descended into the lower parts of the earth. Jesus went to hell for you and I. Thank you for your enthusiasm. The Bible said when he ascended back on high, he gave gifts unto men. And the scripture says, first apostles, secondarily, what? Prophets, 
Thirdly, evangelists and pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. Now, he lists the fivefold ministry gifts. Amen. Now, I've always said you'll never develop and maximize your calling and that which God's called you to do unless you submit yourself under the local church or a pastor. Are you listening to me? This is going over like a lead balloon, but it's okay. Amen. Because the Bible says that a pastoral office, now I know your pastor has different offices in him. I knew it right away. He has an apostolic calling. I can see it right away. I pick up on it fast. Pastor, teacher, and apostolic's there, and he flows on the prophetic. Not pathetic, prophetic. You know, there is some pathetic stuff going on, but uh, that's not what's operating here. But nevertheless, it says, who is he that ascended, but the same that descended into the lower parts of the earth? The Bible says when he ascended back on high, which means he came up out of hell, the Bible says he led captivity captive. Now, if you study that out, you'll find out the Old Testament saints, when they died, they went into Abraham's bosom and holding tank in the heart of the earth. The Catholics would call that purgatory. My dominoes are better than your dominoes. A few Catholics here that are converted. I gave my life to Jesus when I was 17. We were Catholic, Roman Catholic. That was special, you know. You say Roman, you know, because I don't know what that meant, but it was okay anyway. Just say, yeah, I'm Roman Catholic. Wait, can we correct you? I'm Roman Catholic. You know. But nevertheless, the Bible said he led captivity captive. Meaning he led a whole, tr one translation says this, he led a trainload of Old Testament saints out of Abraham's bosom. Amen. Are you listening to me? Yeah. Jesus said, I am he who died and is alive forevermore, and I hold the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Yeah. Well, Jesus took the keys and opened up Abraham's bosom, which was a holding tank in the heart of the earth, and led a trainload of Old Testament saints into glory. I could hear a few amens on that. Are you listening to me? But when he ascended back on high, he gave, he led captivity, and he gave gifts unto men. So now your pastor, even though he's not here today, I'm going to honor him. Are you listening to me? I'm big on honor. We do not disrespect or dishonor the offices of God. Amen. So he said, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly evangelists, and pastors and teachers, what? Listen to this very closely, for the perfecting of the saints. So in other words, you'll never be perfected, you'll never actually develop in that what you're called to do, because every one of you have a call in your life to do something great for God. Amen? Thank you. Are you there? Hallelujah. So, well, give me scripture for that. I'm glad you brought that up. Jeremiah 29, 11, he said, I know the plans I have for your life, saith the Lord of hosts. Not plans for calamity or for evil, but for a future and a hope and an expected end. The Knox translation says, I alone know the plans. One translation says, I have not lost sight of my plans for you. Now, maybe you've lost sight, but God hasn't lost sight. Let me tell you something. He, you're just getting started. You say, well, Brother Chris, I, I'm here today. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know the difficulties and challenges. No, I don't. But I know one thing. The Bible says, thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph and manifest the sweet aroma of his presence everywhere we go. First John 4 and 4 says, you're of God, beloved, and overcome them because greater is he that's in you today than he that's in the world. Listen to me, I'm a little ornery little Italian man that's come here to cause trouble today, and I'm looking to snoop out what the devil's doing and whack him over the head. Are you there? 
Smith Wigglesworth used to say this, I'm a thousand times bigger on the inside than I'm on the outside. Remember, you are of God today. You are of God today and overcome them because greater is he that's inside of you than he that's in the world. You're more than a conqueror. Through Christ, who strengthens you? I always say it like this, you're wearing heaven's cologne. It's called triumph. 2 Corinthians 2 in verse 14 says, Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. Listen to this. And manifests a sweet aroma of his presence everywhere you go. You're wearing heaven's cologne. It's called triumph. And when you walk into the room, the smell of victory comes. You walk into a room and you change the atmosphere. When you walk into a room full of depression, sadness, fear, sickness, you have the answer. You're carrying Jesus on the inside of you. Come on now. So the Bible says the fivefold ministry gifts are for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. How many of you know you've got a job to do? Hallelujah. Some bone person say, well, brother, I don't feel lead. I always say too much lead in the pants. I went over a few of your heads, but it's okay. Obviously, you need to be led by the Spirit and find your grace and do that what you're called to do. But many people are sitting around asking God what to do. They already know what to do. They just need to be doers and get busy in that which God's called you to do. Amen? You're already deputized. You're already full of the Holy Spirit. You already are in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And all things are of God who has reconciled us back unto himself and given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 18, to wit, God was in Christ, reconciling the world back to himself. One translation says, hugging the world back to himself. You have no idea how valuable you are today, really, in the eyes of God. God needs you. John 14, 12, Jesus said, the works that I do, you shall do also, but greater works because I go to the Father. Hello? You see, God was in Christ reconciling, hugging the world back to himself. He loves you today so much. Listen to me. Well, give me a scripture for that. I'm so glad you brought it up. Jeremiah 31 and verse 3 says, The Lord has appeared to me of old. I guess he's been around for a while. Some of you may think, well, I'm getting old, you know. No, no, he's been around since the beginning. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And he came unto his own, the Jewish people, and his own received him not for as many as received him. Today, if you haven't received Jesus, this is your day. Today, if you're away from God... He'll give you the power to become sons of God, even to those that just believe upon his name. And today we lift up the name that has power in three worlds. Not my name, not the ministry of Christian Miko, but the ministry of the Lord Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to me. So today we lift up the name of Jesus. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Well, let me tell you something. He loves you today. He is not done with you today. You are just getting started today. When well, you say, brother, I've had a few setbacks. Well, welcome to life. I always say with every setback, you do not sit back. 
you get back in the game. And Romans 8 and verse 28 says, We know God causes all things to work together to good for them that love Him and them that are called according to the purpose of God. And He causes the good, the bad, and the ugly to be turned around for His glory. And God's got plans for you, and He wants to use you again and again. Well, you don't know what I've been through. No, I don't. But Jesus knows. In Isaiah 43 and verse 25, he said, I and I am he who blots out thy sins and iniquities. I'll remember no more. He said, as far as the east is from the west, so as he removed your transgressions from you. Are you listening to me? Revelations 12, 11 said, they overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their life even unto death. Listen to me, the blood of Jesus today cleanses you, washes you again. That blood flows, a fountain filled from Emmanuel's veins. It flows, that washes you, cleanses you. You cannot out-exhaust the grace of God. Are you listening to me? I don't care what you've done. There's mercy. There's grace here today to restore you, to bring you back. All you need to do is come back to him, run back to him. Thank you for your enthusiasm. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you miss the mark today, I hear the Lord say, come home. Come back today. Run to God. He is the one that can change you. He's the one that can restore you. Listen to me. Psalms 23 says, the Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want. He leads us into green pasture. I call that wealth and I call that spiritual food. Are you listening to me? He can restore your financial situation today. Are you there? You're not trusting the government of America. You're not reliances and not government checks. Isaiah 9, 6 says, His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And it says the government shall be upon His shoulders. Our confidence is in the government of heaven. We trust in the word of the living God. We walk by faith and not by sight. And faith is the currency of our God and our Savior and the kingdom of heaven. Come on now. We walk by faith and not by sight. I'm telling you, the devil's already had 15 hernias since I've been teaching. Come on now, we put our trust, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in heaven as it is in earth. We are kingdom people living out of the faith of God, for without faith it is impossible to please him. For they that come to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And if you will diligently make a turn today and come back to God and seek him in the word and seek him in prayer, amen. He will restore to you. He leads us beside still waters. You know, the devil brings rough waters. But when you get in the presence of God, listen, the only thing that's going to give you peace and relief and strength in these end times will be the presence of Almighty God. Are you listening to me? And then it says the Lord restores our soul. Some of you here have been broken in your soul. You've been wounded in the past. There's things you're still hanging on to that you haven't been able to forgive yourself. I'm speaking by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Listen to me. I'm going to follow the Spirit of God for these services. Psalms 143 and verse 7 said, The Lord, He heals the broken heart. And He binds up those wounds. 
Only Jesus can heal you of the hidden pains and things that you conceal on the inside, the emotional trauma of divorce, the emotional trauma of being broken, of of abuse, things in the past. Are you listening to me? He heals the brokenhearted. It binds up their wounds. God wants to heal you today, spirit, soul, and body. If you're born again, you're already healed in your spirit because you're full of the life of God. Are you listening to me? The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus said, I came that you might have life, zoe in the Greek, and have it more abundantly. You're full of the DNA of God. You're full of the genetics of God. Are you listening to me? Christ in you, the hope of glory. The very presence, the very materiality of God himself lives on the inside of you. That makes you dangerous. Are you listening to me? Jesus was like a greased watermelon in a pool. Satan said, no man takes my life. I lay it down. The anointing of God kept the enemy from even touching him. He said, don't you think I could call down legions of angels at this moment and deliver myself before he went to die for us on a cross, go to hell and get resurrected. He had to do that to make a way for us to bring many sons back to glory. He laid his life down. Are you listening to me? But I'm here to tell you the anointing of God is here today to set you free from whatever situation you're dealing with. And this is a fresh day, a fresh start. Young people, listen to me. It's time to get right with God. Amen? Amen. Come on now. This is the day the Lord's made. We will rejoice and be glad in this day, man. Let me tell you, we have got one window of opportunity today, and we will make this day count. You say, well, I didn't know if I was going to come here today, but I'm sure glad I did. I'm glad you did too because you were led by the Spirit to be here today. Come on now. What the Scripture says in Jeremiah 31 verse 3, the Lord appeared to me of old and said, I have loved you. Let me stop and let that set in just for a minute. Do you realize how much God really does love you? I've loved you with an everlasting love. It's eternal love. You know, if you study Romans 8, it says, What shall separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus? Persecutions, afflictions, angels, demons, things present, things to come. Nothing shall separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Nothing can stop him from loving you today. And it's an everlasting love. It's eternal. You know, maybe I'll just say this. I don't know why I want to say this, but maybe, maybe people have written you off. They've labeled you today. Well, you're this, that, and the other. Let me tell you something. Your label and your identity is not in the opinion of another man's head. But your identity comes in Christ. Whatever the word says about you, you just say, that's what I am. And that's what I will do. And that's what I will become. But Jesus is in the healing business. And he wants to heal you today. Even some of the brokenness. I don't know. I just feel the Spirit saying there's some of you that have been broken and been through some things that you're battling. Let me tell you, he'll restore your soul. He'll restore you back. Are you listening to me? The Lord restores our soul and leads us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you'll fear no evil. Listen to me. God does not want you to be in fear today. 
2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given unto you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound, well-balanced, disciplined mind. Whatever fear tells you to do, if, if you're afraid to go through a door, go kick the door open. Do the opposite of whatever fear tells you to do. The prophet Isaiah said it in Isaiah 41.10, Fear thou not, for I'm with you. Neither be dismayed, for I'm your God. He said, I will strengthen you, I will help you, and I will uphold you through the right hand of my righteousness. And the Bible says those that strive with you, those that cause trouble for you, those that are troublemakers, you just leave them to God, they'll come to nothing. He said to Israel, he said, I'll bless those that bless you and curse those that curse you. He said, touch not God's anointing. You do not touch the church. Touch not God's anointing. Do my prophets no harm. And those that dig a ditch for your feet, they'll fall into it. And those that try to roll a stone on you, the stone will be rolled back. And we don't wish harm on anybody. But let me tell you something. God is the one who will vindicate and fight your battles for you in the arena of bad relationship issues. You just pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. And love them and bless them. And God will put heap coals, hot coals on their head. The love of God is so powerful. Maybe one way today to get free from your issues where someone has hurt you is to bless that person. See, he said, I blessed you to be a blessing. Our job is to be a blessing in this earth. I came here to serve today. It's not about me. I came here to follow the Spirit of God and to help this incredible pastor and his wife obey God. I came to throw fuel on the fire, to stand behind the good things that he's doing in the earth, the ministry through him. I came to back his office, plural, and to serve today. Are you listening to me? But I also came to cause trouble. Are you listening to me? Now, Jesus wants you well today. Now listen to me, I got a lot of sermons, so just stay with me, okay? Just hook up, because I just speak right out of my spirit. Amen? Amen. The Bible says in 3 John 3 that he wishes above all things that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. Matthew 9, 35, speaking of the Lord Jesus, the city went about all the cities and villages, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every manner of sickness and disease among the people, for God was working with them. Luke 6, 19 said, the whole multitude sought to touch him. Jesus is the one who will heal you. For virtue, in the Greek, dunamis, dynamite, came out of him and he healed them all. All that touched him, all that drove to get to his presence. Are you listening to me? 1 Peter 2, 24 says, surely he himself bore our infirmities on the cross. We being dead to sin are alive unto righteousness and with his stripes you are today the shield of the Lord. Come on now. Psalms 103, verse 2 and 3 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not his benefits, who forgives all thy iniquities and heals all thy diseases. Proverbs 4.20, My son and daughter, attend to my words, incline thine ears unto my sayings, let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thy heart, for my words are life to them that find them, and health to all their flesh. In the Hebrew, it's morphole, which is radiant Radiant health to your frame. God wants you healed today. Spirit, soul, and body. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. I done preached myself happy. Amen. 
Glory be to God. Isaiah 53 verse 5 says he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our well-being fell upon him, and with his stripes we are what? The healed of the Lord. You're taught real good around here, but I'm just going to... Paul said, I planted Apollos water, but God gives the increase. I'm just doing some good water in this morning. Amen? Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In Hebrews 13, it says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he healed back yonder, he'll heal today. If he healed today, he'll heal tomorrow. You listen to me, should Jesus tarry? He's a healing, miracle-working God. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved among us with signs and wonders and miracles which he did in the midst of us. And the disciples went preaching everywhere. The Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. Are you listening to me? He wants you well today. This isn't even my servant. How about that? I'm just warming up. Are you listening to me? He wants turn to somebody and say, he wants you well. Turn to somebody and say, he wants you whole. Turn to somebody and say, this is your day for change. Change comes from the presence of God. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. So I'm just thrilled to be here. I just said all that to just say we're going to honor your pastor. Huh? What kind of a crowd I got this morning. Y'all awake or what? Come on, I've been up before the crows were... The chickens were clucking. I've been up all morning praying in tongues. My tongue fell on the floor three times. I picked it up, threw it back in my mouth. Are you listening to me? I love to pray in other tongues. I have a whole teaching. Now, we have about 40 series of teachings on different subjects and DVDs of churches all over the nation. I didn't, we didn't bring it, but maybe next time we'll bring it, Brother Eric. Uh, we'll have all that ready for next time we come. And uh, But... You know, I have a teaching called Tongues, the Doorway into the Miraculous. Maybe you're not filled with the Holy Ghost. You missed half your life. But Tongues is the Doorway into the Miraculous. This pastor's been teaching probably so beautifully about the gifts of the Spirit, the nine manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit. Hallelujah. I was in a church service up in Minnesota, Mankato. The pastor there, they've had, they have three different campuses. They have a building very similar to this, and uh, they probably run around 3,000, and they brought Dr. Summerall in, and they've had Oral Roberts and all the patriarchs of old, and I was doing a Sunday, I'm just going to follow the Spirit, is that okay? And uh, I was doing a a series of meetings, we had done a, oh, I guess we started a Thursday night, we did Thursday, Friday, I'd been there several times so they could bring me in on midweek, because we already had a relationship with the people so I could come in on a midweek. And uh, we did Thursday night. We had such a move of God. Friday night, Saturday, Sunday morning. And Sunday night I was sitting on the corner of the pew. <clears throat> and the pastor got up and he's, uh, he's an ORU graduate. And, uh, uh, you know, they, they, they had oral in many years ago. And, uh, you know, I was able to visit with uh, Oral Roberts at that particular time and share with, talk with him a bit. But, and he got up and he stood up and he, at the pulpit, they were about to turn it over to him. He said, there's miracles in here today. Miracles are in the room today. And the people just, he said, lift your hands. And he said, I'm going to turn it over to Brother Chris. Well, while he was saying that, I looked up to the stage and the discerning of spirits. You know what the discerning of spirits? It's the capacity to look into the spirit realm and see. 
Now, it's not the discerning of devils. It's the discerning of spirits, angels and devils. And sometimes you, get, you'll have, you can see into the realm of the spirit and perceive what's going on. And I looked up right behind the altar, and there was a cloud that dropped behind the altar when he was standing. You know, in the Old Testament, the glory of God came in like a cloud. You know that, right? You say, well, I sure wish you'd give me scripture. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up. Second Chronicles chapter 5 says in verse 13, When the singers and trumpeters became as one, lifting their voice, saying, The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. On musical instruments of the day, saying, The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Then the house was filled with a cloud. Are you listening to me? The Shekinah glory would come in. It would manifest itself in a cloud. Everybody say a cloud. To the point that the ministers could not even stand. See, there's a good scripture. Well, give me a scripture for people falling under the power. There it is. I've been in services where whole sections would fall under the power of God. People couldn't even get up. They're laying all over the floors. That'd be nice, wouldn't it, today? And from the looks of a few of you, you look like you could use it. I lost a few of you there. That's okay. You know, they always say, you know, it takes 14 muscles to frown, 12 to smile. Give your face a break, will you? You're working too hard. You know, Nehemiah 8.10 says, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy of the Holy Ghost. And sometimes, you know, over there in James says, you got to count it all joy. Most of the time, as of late, doesn't it seem? Lately, there's been a few battles in the spirit realm. Or in your life, a little bit of adversity. But I'm going to get to that in a minute. But I just wanted to share this with you. So, you know, he stood up and I saw a cloud. You know, and I'm not fruity, flaky, and nutty. I'm not flaky. I don't like to exaggerate. I think exaggeration is lies. Distortion. And God opened my eyes. I flow more in a prophetic office. I'm not an evangelist. I flow in a prophet's office. Are you listening to me? And so, with signs, wonders, and miracles. And I saw from behind the the, the back of the stage, a cloud drop, and it began to come to the front. It began to move, you know, like, you know, so have you ever seen some of these churches that, you know, they have these fog machines and all this stuff, like fake glory. The Bible says there'll be those that have a form of godliness that deny the power from such turn away. You know, they try to manufacture, you know, got one of the ushers running with, you know, close your eyes, and they get a baby powder and go across the front, and the glory shows up. It's baby powder. Are y'all there? You're supposed to laugh there. Listen, I want the authenticity of the move of God. I am a contender for the miraculous. I'm part of an end time remnant, and so are you. That will be word and spirit, word and spirit like the ministry of Jesus. Are you listening to me? Nevertheless, the power of God began to flow, and he got up and he turned it over to me. And I just got up and spoke and told the people what I saw. And people started falling under the power. They started running to the altars, and people started falling under the power like dominoes all over the place. Boom, 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 boom. I didn't even lay hands on them. See, when the glory comes in, the singers and trumpeters became as one. That's one thing that would be important if we'd start getting united in one accord. Because Acts chapter 2, verse 1 says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were in one accord. In other words, they settled their differences. They got into union. They walked in love and forgave. That was good, Brother Chris. Say that again. Yeah, they got into love and they forgave. Romans 5 and verse 5 says, His hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. Some of your bondage has to do with you not forgiving. That's for somebody. 
Just let it go and forgive. Well, you don't know what they've done to me. No, I don't. But Jesus, you haven't resisted sin to the point of shedding of blood. Jesus was in a point of shock. Consider him who endured such hostility by sinners against himself, lest you grow weary and faint in your mind. You can't worship your room wounds and nurture all your issues and get free. You have to forgive and let it go today. That's for somebody. Please let it go. Stop nurturing, rehearsing and nurturing it all and let it go and forgive. Let it go. Turn to somebody and say, let it go. I'm not talking about that Disney song. Let it go, let it go. Are you listening to me? So I just got up, told the people what I saw. And people started falling under the power of God. No one even touched them. Young people racing to the altar under the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. Are you listening to me? No one even touching kids falling all over themselves. Those are the kind of services I like. Are you listening to me? I get frustrated when I don't see anything uh, where there's no move of God. I just that irritates a guy like me, you know. Now that doesn't mean today you need to fall over the floor, and if you don't, I'm not coming back. All right, listen to me. I'm just saying I love the move of God. I love to see breakthroughs. I love to see the penetration of God begin to move into people's lives that are hungry. But you got to get hungry. Matthew 5 and verse 6, Jesus said, Blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Are you listening to me? Your hungers and passion will drive you. John chapter 7, verse 37, on that last great day, Jesus stood up and cried. He said, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. For this he spake of the Spirit that was not yet Jesus. For Jesus was not yet glorified. He said, for out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Your hunger will cause the power of God to come into your life. But you have got to get hungry. You know, I often wonder in the day of Pentecost, why is it that there was only 120 in the upper room? I, I suppose there could have been a thousand up there if they packed the place out, but only 120 were hungry. Your hunger is like a magnet that will draw the power of God to you. Smith Wigglesworth used to say there's something about God that'll go over an entire congregation of individuals and hover over an individual with hunger and expectation for the miraculous to begin to intrude and invade their life. Come on now. You have got to stir up your hunger level. I won't even touch the pulpit for a minimal of three hours in tongues. I won't even touch it. If I do, I won't even touch it. That's a minimal. Come on now. The consecration level of the saints of old was greater than the ones today. And we need to consecrate and dedicate our lives to get alone with God and begin to pursue Him like never before and pray and spend time with God. I know this sounds like buckshot, but I'm following the Holy Ghost. My name is Chris D'Amico, and I approve this message. (laughs) You know, Mark chapter 5, verse 24, I won't forget about that incident. I'm not done with that story. Hang in there. The Bible says there was a certain woman with the issue of blood who suffered at the hands of many physicians, right? Twelve years, she's hemorrhaging. She has a menstrual cycle that won't turn off, ladies, to help you. 
You know, some of them, well, I wonder what's happened. Why was she? She had a menstrual cycle that wouldn't stop. 4,380 days, 12 years. That's like going through high school. That's a long cycle. She had suffered at the hands of many physicians, grew nothing better, but worse, she had spent everything that she had, exhausted the medical field. Now, the medical field back then was nothing compared to what it is today, but still, the medical field is limited where you need the medical field of heaven, which is unlimited. Come on now. The Bible said when she heard about Jesus, she pressed. Everybody say pressed. You got to get in a press. If you want the power of God in your life and you want signs, wonders, and miracles and you want change, you have got to get hungry. You have got to be like a dog on the hunt. You have got to get past the surface and spend time with God and press in for the miraculous. Come on now. This is good teaching this morning, Brother Chris. Thank you for coming from Florida. You know, I'm an ex-athlete, you know. I have a certain work ethic from training. You have to have a spiritual work ethic. I used to say to myself, you know, Brother Eric, I'd say, what are the other wide receivers doing in the league today? If they're in the gym two hours, I'll be in there three or four. If they're running two miles, I'll run five or six. I just outwork them. That's all I am. I don't have much gifting, but I, I have a good work ethic. You have to have a spiritual work ethic. Turn to somebody and say, spiritual work ethic. And it's hunger for the things of God. I am one hungry white boy. Are you listening to me? And I got revelation for you. Ready? Flies do not land on hot burners. And Satan is the Lord, what? Beelzebub, the Lord of the what? Flies, not the Lord of the rings. The Lord of the flies. Remember, you get, he makes his messengers a flame of fire. And the fire of God is here today. Maybe your embers are just trickling today. We're going to throw some gasoline on you today and light your fire. Now, I know God moves mightily here, and your pastor embraces the move of God and preaches a strong message. I'm just here to back all that. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says she pressed through the crowd. You have got to press past the opinion of man, past the voice of the experts, past the voice of your relatives and your family. Oh, you're part of that tongue speaker church. Yeah, yeah, we are. Come on over here and we'll lay hands on you and you can get full and learn how it happens. Oh, you're one of those that lays hands on the sick and they go, yeah, we are. We're one of those. I admit it. Yeah, that's it. Not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation to believe to the Jew first, then to the Gentiles. I lost my reputation a long time ago and picked up his. I could give a fluty toot what anybody thinks about me. I want to obey my father. We ought to obey God rather than men. Acts 5.29. It's about obedience to God. If you'll get into a place of obedience, change will come quickly. Isaiah 1 the scripture says, if you're willing, verse 19, if you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the lamb. If you, if you refuse and rebel, you'll be crushed by the sword for the mouth of the Lord's spoken. If you'll just obey God, things will go good for you. I'm not saying you're not. Don't misunderstand me. I know you are. You're here today. Praise God. You could have stayed home and, you know, watched the cookie channel or whatever. I don't know. But you're here today because you love God. 
because of your commitment and love to our Savior. Thank you. As she pressed through the crowd, she touched the hem of his garment, and the Bible says immediately in the Greek, dunamis, dynamite, was released out of him into her. The anointing can be transferred. It's liquid life. It's transferred. It's a substance. Are you listening to me? Jesus was conscious of an outflow of the anointing. For the whole multitude sought to touch him for virtue, dunamis, life, zoe, the substance of God was released out of him into her. What was she conscious of? An inflow. And the disciples said, Master, thou seest the multitudes thronging thee? And say, who touched me? He said, no, somebody touched me with faith. Somebody touched me expecting to receive something today. And the Bible says, the woman fearing and trembling fell down before him and told him all that she had done. He said, woman, be of good cheer. Thy faith has made thee whole. Go and behold thy plague. What was it that got her into a position to receive what she needed was her hunger. She did not care. She had exhausted the medical field. She had exhausted man's opinion. She could give a flip about that. She wanted an answer, and she pressed for the anointing. Come on now. Luke 4.14 said, Jesus returned into Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And there went a fame throughout all the regions about, and he taught in their synagogues being glorified of all. And he came to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, which was his custom or his habit to be in charge. Hebrews 10.25 says, forsaking not the assembly men of the saints, which some have done as you see the day drawing near. Are you listening to me? A church is a place where you get encouraged. A church is where you're taught and trained. A church is where the anointing pours out. A church is where you fellowship with believers and iron sharpens iron. So is the continence of godly fellowship. A church is where you find out who you are in Christ. A church is where you release your tithes and offerings. A church is where your economic system changes. A church is where you learn submission to authority. That went over like a lead balloon, but it's true. The centurion said, I'm a man under authority, and I say to this one, come, and this one, go. But speak the word only, and my servant will be healed. Jesus said, I've not seen such great faith. Oh, in all of Israel, who's a man who understood authority. I understand authority. Are you listening to me? I am here as a guest. Your pastor has released me to flow in my office, but this is his throne. This is his, you know, understand what I mean by that. This is his church. I am here as a guest. I honor his authority. If he happened to come out and said, Brother Chris, you need to stop right I would sit down and say, praise the Lord. Are you listening to me? You learn submission to authority. You learn how faith works. You learn the blessings. You learn the dynamics of God in the local church. Hallelujah. She was hungry for God. You have to press in. You know, I always say, if you want more of G-O-D, stop watching HBO. That's a whole other subject. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Job 17, 9, he that hath clean hands shall grow stronger and stronger. 
Who shall ascend to the house of the hill of God? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who's not lifted up his soul unto vanity and vain things. Are you listening to me? Over there, the Bible says in Luke 5, 6, and just Jesus withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed all night long. Luke 6, 12 says he prayed all night long. Maybe it's time to ramp up our prayer life and ramp up our spiritual commitment. Your pastor's teaching so beautifully and opening the door for the miraculous to come. It's our responsibility, our duty. I'm a bit of, uh, you know, I'm a bit... I don't know, maybe military in my presentation, just a little. I know you couldn't figure that out, but, uh, but discipline is the root word for disciple. And your disciplines that you commit to are that will bring the fruit that you give to the world. What you do behind the scenes and your commitment and your consecration is what will produce fruit for the world around you. Amen? And it's a good thing because there's a spirit of grace that helps you. The Holy Spirit will help you. He'll put oil on your engine to help you to get the job done. Hallelujah. Amen. So in any case, back to the service in Owatonna. The glory of God came in the service, a cloud. And uh, I saw from that glory that began to move right into the congregation, up behind it I saw angels come into the service. Are you listening to me? Let me tell you something. They're not like Casper the Friendly Ghost. They're not these little, you know, uh, what do you call Valentine's Day angels with little wings. Are you listening to me? And they had something in their hand. And I said, Lord, what is that? And he said, that's the gifts of the Spirit. And they were bringing the gifts of the Spirit and throwing it literally into the body. Your pastor's been teaching on the gifts of the Spirit. The angels were throwing the gifts of the Spirit into the service, into the congregation. The Bible says, earnestly desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Three revelation gifts, three utterance gifts, three power gifts, nine manifestations. Notice it says manifestations because man has something to do with it. Are you listening to me? The gifts of the Spirit will change the world. How about you parents? You're praying in tongues all day long and your child comes home, your young teenager comes and says, where have you been? Well, you know, we went down to the roller skating rink and the Spirit of God says, no, they weren't at the roller skating rink. They were somewhere else. And revelation gifts come. The fear of the Lord will come back to the house. You can go to Acts chapter 5. Ananias and Sapphira brought an offering, but they withheld a portion of the, of the, of the property they'd sold because in Acts chapter 4, Barnabas, the son of encouragement, sold a piece of property, laid it at the apostles' feet. So Ananias and Sapphira, they wanted to get their, their engraved name on the back of the seat and get notoriety. But they did held back certain part of the, profit, the property. Are you listening to me? And they brought it and laid it at Peter's feet. And he said, Ananias, is all the money there? Oh, yeah, we, 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 we brought it all in. We just uh, we want to really be a blessing to the church. Are you sure? Oh, yeah, we brought the money. And, you know, Jesus gave Peter three strikes. So I think Ananias got three strikes, but guess what? He struck out. Peter, under the inspiration of the revelation gifts, the word of knowledge dropped on him. Revelation, the capacity to look into a situation present and past, said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost 
and withhold portions of the property. When it was in your hands, you could do what you want with it. You could have said, I'm giving portions of it. Right? Notice here in the scripture, it says, Ananias, why did Satan fill your heart to withhold? Anytime, you know how many people, if I gave you a dollar every time somebody said, God spoke to me to bless the ministry and they don't follow through, I don't even want to hear it anymore. Are you listening to me? I mean, you know, God's our source. I'm not looking for people. I'm not like, you know, manipulator and, you know, my name's Jimmy, gimme, gimme, and, you know, buddy with people and try to manipulate them for an offer. I'm not that way. I just, the Spirit of God. But see, why has Satan filled your heart to lie and withhold? Satan will always tell you to withhold. God will always tell you to give. Are you listening to me? That's another side thought. But my point is the gifts of the Spirit were in operation. And Ananias, for, for your information, dropped dead. Boom! Fell under the power of God and died. And the ushers came and took him out. Can you imagine that? Imagine the ushers today. You had the usher bring some stretchers out and bring them out and say, Well, he fell in the power. No, no, he's dead. Man, when the fear of the Lord comes back to the church, the fear of the Lord is depart from evil. And then his wife came three hours later. And she was privy to you. She said, why'd she come three hours later? She had to do her hair. And she dropped dead. Are you listening to me? I'm telling you, this, this move of God is filled with mercy and grace, but I'm here to tell you, God is serious about his kingdom. He's serious about embracing your heart and loving you and empowering you to do something great. Listen to me, you've got one life to live. You have to make it count. And you're in the perfect place to be trained by a pastor who's well-seasoned, gifted. He is a seasoned veteran that could train you and raise you up for such a time as this. Wow. Are you there? Turn to somebody and say, God's got something really big for you. Turn to somebody and say, he's not done with you yet. Turn to somebody and say, you're going to have to get hungry, though. <laughs> Are you there? See, so the gifts of the, these, the angels were bringing the glory of God. They were bringing the gifts of the Spirit and throwing it into the body. Your pastor's been teaching on that. Are you there? That's a good thing, isn't it? I think we'll see what happens, but I think maybe perhaps Monday we'll teach on the glory of God. Hallelujah. Are you there? So you thought, well, was this your message? Well, it was just warming up a little bit, but I'm going to jump a little different direction for a few minutes, and we won't go, you know, the Bible says, blessed are the short-winded. They'll be invited back. First Peter, Dusik, chapter 3, verse 1. <laughs> just kidding. All right, let's just go a little different. Does this help you this morning? Are you stirred up? Come on now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, the anointing will hold you, so hang in there. You know? You know, in Acts chapter 5, they had a service. If, if Ananias' wife came three hours later, that was a minimal of a three-hour service. I'm not saying we're going to do that today. 
But the anointing will hold people. I know. I've all traveled all over the, over the nation and the world. The anointing holds people. If there's no anointing, it's a grind. And some people say, I didn't realize we were there for three hours. You know why? Because the eternal realm is timeless. And when it moves into the natural, you don't even realize how long you were there. You ever been in a service where there was no anointing and they go, and on and on and on? Are you listening to me? We've all been there, haven't we? Listen, when the Spirit of God's moving, I'm a happy, happy Italian. Are you there? And that's what we want, and that's what your pastor wants. Any case, let's, let's shift gears a little bit. Job chapter 5, verse 7, and we'll, uh, we'll just teach just a few minutes in this direction, and we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up, and you can all go get your turkey or something, whatever you cooked, baked your whatever. Job chapter 5, verse 7, let's use that as a spring. Has this helped you this morning? Amen. Job chapter 5, verse 7 says this. If you have your Bible, you can look at it, but... The Bible says, man is born into trouble. Isn't that a good message today? One translation says adversity. As sparks fly upward. Are you listening to me? Now, you don't have to look far for trouble. Has anybody noticed trouble? In fact, years ago, they don't do this anymore, but when a child came into the earth, Eric, they would smack the baby on the tushy to let him know that you just entered into the arena of trouble. <laughs> Are you there? How many you know what I'm talking about? Have you noticed any trouble lately? Anybody? Okay. Psalms 34, 19, you can put that up if you'd like. I'll quote it to you. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. If you hand out there, hand out Kleenex, we'll cry and go home, and that'll be the end of it. But out of them all, everybody say, out of them all. The Lord does what? Deliver. Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. Put that up if you would. I'll quote it to you. This stuff's all in my spirit. From the time of John the Baptist till now, the kingdom of God has suffered violence. But the violent take it by force. You know, John the Baptist had his head cut off. You know that the apostle Paul that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, his head was taken off the same. Well, they, some say he was 62 years old, some say 65, but his head was cut off. He was persecuted for the gospel. I'm not saying that you're going to be beheaded this morning, but what I am saying the kingdom of God has suffered violence. People have paid a price before us for the freedoms that we have, even in the natural in our nation. Are you listening to me? So many are the afflictions of the righteous, but out of them all the Lord delivers. Are you listening to me? Okay, 1 Peter 4.12, if you would put that up. Is this helping you this morning? Think it not strange concerning the fiery trials. Everybody say fiery trials. Now look, you can't, you can't just put your head in the sand like an ostrich and say, you know, trouble's here and you're going to... No, you got to... At some point, you're going to have to man up, woman up, and face the spiritual assaults that are coming against you and take your dominion and push back on the forces of darkness. Think it not strange. Somebody say, well, you know, I'm going through this. I don't know. What's going on? And well, it may be because you're doing something right instead of not doing something bad. All I know is trouble. Every day I get up and troubles come at me. 
warfare constantly around the fivefold ministry gift and about our lives. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You cannot avoid trouble. We're in a time of trouble. We're in a troubled time in the world. Second Peter, Second Timothy 3.1, put that up real quickly. Is this helping you this morning? Hang in there. Know this also, you got to know something, that in the latter times, or the last days, perilous times shall come. How many of you could sense that we're in a spiritual warfare and a battle, and the tension between good and evil in the spirit realm, the political arena, everywhere you look, in the, in the arenas of, uh, you know, in the church, in the political, in our nation, over the elections, everywhere you look, there is a battle going on in the spirit realm over this nation. Are you listening to me? Perilous times shall come. Now, the Amplified Bible says, hard to deal with and hard to bear. And how many times have you heard people, you know, do you know how many phone calls I get from people going through tragedy, going through trouble, and you jumpstart them, break the devil. I had a call from India. They put a little girl on the phone. She was demon-possessed, and I cast the devil out of, uh, over a WhatsApp app. On a WhatsApp app. It's a social media, uh, you know, platform. So many calls, so many issues, the afflictions, the challenge. Listen to me. We're here to begin to push back on the forces of and you have dominion, and you have power, and you have authority in the name of Jesus, and it's time for you to push back and draw a line. You will not give in. You will not quit. You will not throw in the towel. You will not give in to his nonsense. Come on now. Well, you don't know what I'm going through. Well, perilous times shall come. The word of the Lord speaking to, through the apostle Paul to Timothy told him, he said there will be times hard to, hard, hard to deal with. One, I think it's the Taylor's translation, it's going to be hard to be a Christian. You say, well, what, what is the consequences? Or what behavior? The nature of human behavior outside of the influence of the Spirit of God is what's going to cause trouble. Study it out. I don't have time to go there. Now, in John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus said, in the world. How many of you were in the world? We're not of the world, right? What did he say? You'll have tribulation. The root word for tribulation or tribulation is trouble. Has anybody faced any trouble lately? Are you with me? But 1 John 5 and verse 4 says, Whosoever is born of God overcomes this world. This is the overcomes this world, even our faith. First in verse 8 says, The sun appeared for purpose to darkness. And overcome because greater is he that lives in you than the devil out of this world is Come on now. Adversities come. Challenges come. Difficult times come. Trying times are not quit trying. 
you listening to me? Now we know the the church workers were content miraculous. You know, Acts 10.38, Peter at Cornelius' house said how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing the oppressed of the devil. Literally, Luke said Jesus came to Galilee with the power of the Spirit. And they want to fame through on the Sabbath, which is his the Lord is for he hath preached the gospel for he sent me to the brokenhearted of sight to the blind preach the acceptable year of the Lord is the year of the word control you know Dr. Summerall of great knowledge in the and in faith a great pleasure. That's all the come on now. Faith, you better are you a conference in Iowa and there were three three um ministers that were speaking. I was one of them, and there were two other flew in the prophet's office. Another one was from South Africa. If I mentioned his name, you would know. We're alternating, and, and Sunday, and one of the I was walking like I am right now. And one of the guest ministers was was a really a prolific minister, a strong minister. Teaching like I am. Every time I'd look over at him, I'd see myself running him. That's not that's good 